Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. One of the things we learn in these temptations of Christ is the thorough nature of the devil's work. In just three temptations, he covers the multitude of temptations. The subtleties of all the lesser temptations seem to be covered by the completeness of just these three. Why wouldn't this be so? Because when we go back to the story of creation in Genesis and are introduced to the devil, we learn how clever the devil is. In the case of the beginning of creation, the devil comes to us as a serpent. Remember that the story warns us, now the serpent was more subtle than any other wild creature that the Lord God had made. Well, it makes sense that the devil, when he tempts Jesus after Jesus' baptism, that he would be economical in his work and cover the many temptations by using three big temptations. No one is as wicked and crafty as the devil, and the devil must know that in this case, he only has 40 days. He goes after the big temptations of lust, mistrust, and power. And you see, under those big three, all of the other little temptations are covered. The sins of the flesh and of the senses are easily covered in the temptation of turning the stones into bread. Think of the temptation as representative of all the sins that have anything to do with gratifying bodily desires. And notice that the devil attacks Jesus in his already weakened state. The Bible says, And Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus is hungry because he's been fasting, and the devil tempts him with bread. This shows us that the devil will come after us even when we're down. It won't matter. He will still attack us even in our weakened state. Or maybe he's smart enough to know that he should come after us when we're down. There's absolutely no mercy when you're dealing with the devil. Well, the devil then tempts Jesus to mistrust God. How many times would we like to trust what we can do rather than what God can do? Again, the Bible says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will give his angels charge over of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You see, it's so hard for us to trust God 
especially in the face of temptation. Well, then the final temptation is the lust for power and control. Think of this as all the times when we put ourselves and what we want in the place of the power of God. We want what we want most of the time, rather than what God would want or want us to have. Again, the Bible addresses this. The devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. In just three brilliant temptations, the devil has covered the waterfront of all the big and little ways that he tempts us. Well, the Christian religion is wonderful in the way that it's all-encompassing. It contains and proclaims all truth. It addresses all aspects of being human. Complex philosophical constructs, as well as practical matters, are answered by faith in Jesus Christ. Things like temptation, the battle between good and evil, the connection between the material world and the spiritual world, or who is ultimately in control. All these aspects of our lives are addressed by Christianity. Specifically today, in the gospel, we are seeing how good and evil confront each other. The devil, who's evil, confronts Jesus, who is good. This period of prayer and fasting in the desert shows us, number one, that there is indeed a constant battle between good and evil. Number two, that good and evil actually know each other. The devil knows Jesus, and Jesus knows the devil. They know one another. Number three, if we are going to follow Christ, we need to know that we will be inviting the devil to. Notice that Jesus does not defeat the devil. He repels him for a while. The Bible says, then he, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. He just left him, and then the angels ministered to him. The devil hasn't gone. The battle between good and evil will continue. The Holy Ghost is the one who has put Jesus in the desert. Remember that the gospel tells us, then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. In Jesus' obedience to God, he must confront the devil. So when we become Christians and follow Jesus, we need to know that hell comes along with heaven. That God's all-encompassing providence includes good and evil. The devil and wickedness exist even in the face of God. Knowing all this, we go into Lent. 
We go into Lent and take on some Lenten disciplines knowing full well that temptations are going to be the result of the disciplines. When Jesus fasts and prays, he causes the temptations to come. He's not preparing to be tempted. The temptations are the cause caused by the fasting and the prayer. The fasting and prayer bring on the devil. It will be the same for us. Doing what Jesus did brings us closer to him. So we should do what Jesus did. But growing closer to him, we're going to have to greet the devil. Once again, the practice of the Christian religion brings us face to face with the evil one. The all-encompassing nature of Christianity brings good and evil. We go right into the fray of the battle between good and evil when we seek a closer relationship with Jesus. The fortunate thing, well, I don't mean the fortunate thing, the good news. The good news is that when we're confronted with all the temptations as Christians, Jesus is with us. We are on the side of the one who knows temptation, but still never sinned. We go into the battle with the one who repels the devil. Jesus was in every way tempted, but did not sin. The Holy One is still in every way part of the battle, but never loses the battle. Christ's divinity remains. God may allow the evil one to exist, but never allows the devil to have his way. We have the special privilege of relying on God's ultimate power, his authority, the goodness of his grace. God in Christ will aid us through all temptations, whether the temptations are brought on by ourselves or they may be inflicted on us by the world. So don't be afraid to enter Lent. Don't be afraid to enter the battle that's waged when the devil tempts us. Prayer and fasting may be the tools that caused the temptations, but they're the very same tools that Jesus used in the temptations. He conquered, repelled the devil by those same tools. The devil hates it when we rely on God. The devil hates it when we turn to God in prayer. He is defeated when we use our bodies as the Bible says we should use our bodies. The devil knows that if we trust God to direct and rule our hearts, then there's going to be no room for the devil in our hearts to direct us. When we place ourselves under the authority of God alone and use any power we have as God would have it used, then the devil is rendered useless. Praise God, not only in times of joy. Praise him even when you're tempted, because it means that Jesus is there to aid you. Jesus is there in prayer and the fasting 
And he's going to see us not only through the spiritual battle in this world, but he's going to see us through to salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.